The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. about time yo everybody welcome to friday's edition of murph's boston sports talk i am your host james murphy aka murph and i had the hardest freaking time getting my software systems all that up and running for some damn reason i don't know why i don't know how but i finally got it up it's finally going we're cooking in the studio and it feels so good to be recording because for about an hour there was no vo- audio pickup. There was no recording. It was just an abysmal, abysmal time right now. And I was like, holy crap, I might have to cancel Friday's episode because I could do it through like my phone voice memo or I could through do it through iMovie, record it that way. I could do like audio recording on my Mac. But the quality of those, and it's just a little bit more complicated. And I was like, ugh. I mean, I would have if I had to, but like, Thankfully, thank you. <laughs> Thankfully, we don't have to worry about that because we are up and running. And I want to dive into a massive, massive quick hit. Quick so, Adam Schefter, the world renowned Adam Schefter, who reports anything and everything related to football, had a tweet. Um, it actually had two variations. The first variation got deleted. However, there is a second variation, very similar, and it states. Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson has not demanded a trade, his agent Mark Rogers told ESPN. Wilson has told the Seahawks he wants to play in Seattle, but if a trade were considered, the only teams he would go to are, this is going to be good, you ready? The Dallas Cowboys, yeah, the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, bearing if Drew Brees retires. The Las Vegas Raiders. Not Oakland Raiders no more, which I actually wrote my notes by accident. It was Oakland, but no, Las Vegas Raiders. And you want to know who the fourth team is? Because there's only four. The Chicago Bears. (laughs) Again, you're not on the list for an elite quarterback because you suck the new england patriots their roster blows and people went to new england for tom brady obviously you wouldn't have russell wilson if you had tom brady on your team the point stays the same people don't go to new england to play for bill belichick they went there to play for tom brady 
However, this is not a Tom Brady discussion. This is more of a Russell Wilson wanting to go to Dallas, New Orleans, Las Vegas, and Chicago, or Chicago, I should say. Well, well, well. Interesting. So he hasn't demanded a trade, but if one was to be considered, he would want to go to the Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, or Bears, but he wants to play in Seattle. Very, very interesting, and it's quite, quite a funny storyline because obviously we've been talking about Deshaun Watson a bunch of times, and Deshaun Watson's like, F you guys, I want out of Houston. Put me on the dismal jets. I don't care. Put me wherever, anywhere out of Houston. Go F yourself. Meanwhile, the Texans are like, well, we're not trading him. We're not trading him. But Russell Wilson's like, hey, I kind of want to stay in Seattle, but I wouldn't mind these places. So just a little uh, food for thought, a little nugget there as uh, that news broke late last night, or I should say in the afternoon, late afternoon. Just something to think about whether you're a Pats fan or not. You know, we could see a lot of high-profile quarterbacks on the move relatively soon with the draft now two months away. And speaking of the draft, we do have uh, ESPN's Mel Kuyper's Mock Draft 2.0. And it's actually very, very interesting. And he did include a couple trades on here, which kind of shake things up a little bit. I'm not going to lie. They really do. So I'm going to go over... Um, all the way up to the Patriots pick, and then I'll just briefly, I'm not going to go too much into it, but I do want to talk about who he thinks the Patriots will take in the first round of the draft. So obviously, Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, that's kind of a gimme, but he has a mock trade where the Falcons move up to number two to select Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU. So Mel Kuyper thinks that Zach Wilson is the number two quarterback or the best remaining quarterback out of Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and obviously not Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Miami Dolphins, Devontae Smith, wide receiver. Give me New York Jets, obviously with that trade with Atlanta. They're going to take Kyle Pitts, tight end, at number four. Wow. That, that's extremely high for a tight end, but do not get me wrong. Kyle Pitts is in a tremendous young talent. He's going to be a stud in the league for sure. But number four for a tight end? Wow. I mean, they the Jets could just go out and try to throw a bunch of money at Hunter Henry, but they're going to try to do it through the draft. And okay, number four, um, tight end. I don't disagree with it. I'm just very surprised. You know, tight ends usually don't go that high. We saw TJ Hawkinson go like seven or eight a couple years ago. But like, wow, four, top five. Okay. Um, Bengals, Panay Sewell, the tackle from Oregon. Jamar Chase, uh, wide receiver to the Philadelphia Eagles at six. Another mock trade between the Detroit Lions and the San Francisco 49ers, where the 49ers move up to seven to take quarterback Justin Fields out of Ohio state so yes the 49ers are going to move on from jimmy garoppolo jimmy garoppolo jimmy i wear polo shirts interesting move it really is i don't blame the 49ers but i do think that they are a better team with jimmy garoppolo whether or not he's a game manager he's not going to win he's not going to lose you games but the fact if you can surround him with a little bit of talent have an awesome run game and then have a moderate passing attack i feel like you guys are still a pretty good team in the nfc west 
They did have a, a pretty down season this past year, but Garoppolo was out. And we're just going to have to see, you know, if this does come to fruition, kind of quarterback Justin Fields will be in a uh, run-heavy offense. Number eight, quarterback Mac Jones. So we have Mac Jones moving up for from where he was predicted at 15 to the Patriots on Kuiper's 1.0. Have him moving up to number eight because Matt Rule, the coach for the Panthers, loves this dude. Um, he loves all the intangibles that Mac Jones brings to the table, and he thinks he's going to be the best quarterback out of the whole group, including including Trevor Lawrence. So that's a, a lot of high praise for Mac Jones coming out of Carolina, and it'll be certainly interesting to see Mac Jones take the reins in Carolina and become their next franchise quarterback. Number nine, a mock trade between the Denver Broncos and your New England Patriots. Where the Patriots select quarterback Trey Lance. Wow. Now, that is one, two, three, uh, four, five quarterbacks in the top 10, which, you know, is kind of what is going to be projected. Um, it seems like between Lawrence, Lance, Jones, Fields, and Wilson in whatever order that may happen, but it seems like it is going to be a five-quarterback top 10 this coming uh, draft. Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. I'm going to read you what is in this blurb on ESPN for Kuyper's 2.0 draft, and that says, Belichick and the Patriots have been quiet this offseason, but that should change soon. They have money to spend in free agency, and they need to find a quarterback. It doesn't appear likely that Cam Newton will return. The veteran quarterback market has dwindled. I could see a Jimmy Garoppolo return to New England, but I'm not sold that he'd be the long-term answer. Lance could be. He only start he started only 17 career games in college, all against FCS competition, but he's only 20, and he has all the tools to be a great dual-threat quarterback. Remember that the Patriots have a few players returning after opting out of last season, too so they could contend in the AFC East again. Now, that being said, I do want to take away one big, two big things from that, is he could see Jimmy Garoppolo return to New England, but he's not sold that Garoppolo is the long-term answer. Now, when uh, Garoppolo, before Garoppolo was traded, a lot of people wanted to take him over Brady, move on from Brady, and have Garoppolo be the quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years. However, we, you know, we stuck with Brady, obviously, won two Super Bowls, um, went to a third, and then um, Garoppolo goes over to uh, San Francisco. However, people do want Garoppolo back, and according to this mock draft, we see that the 49ers are trading up to take Justin Fields at seven, and I feel like that Justin Fields could be a very good starter right away. That doesn't mean his ceiling is higher since he's being projected to go higher than Trey Lance's. Trey Lance is younger. He has less career uh, collegiate experience. And he has a lot more tools in his toolbox. However, his skills just need to be sharpened. Now, Garoppolo would be a great mentor for Trey Lance for a couple of seasons. I could see it being two to three or however long Garoppolo's contract runs out. If it is a trade, if the 49ers straight up release him, then we could see the Patriots try to slide in for like a two to three year deal with a bunch of money guaranteed. Uh, I feel like that's the only way that you'd be able to bring him in if you decide to go that route. 
However, I feel like that the Patriots would try to just go through the trading route. Therefore, they can save a little bit more money. They can draft their quarterback, obviously, without using that um, 15th overall pick, which is being mocked in a trade to number nine with the Denver Broncos. But I do have a couple nuggets that I want to kind of talk about on Trey Lance because Trey Lance is a very interesting quarterback. He is the one that I least know about because obviously he didn't play this past year except one game. And in that one game, he went 15 for 30. So 15 completions for 30 on 30 attempts. It's a 50% completion percentage. Not good at all. 149 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. Honestly, those numbers kind of suck. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. They kind of suck. If we look at his season in 2019, the last full regular season that he played at North Dakota State, he had a 67% completion percentage, which is pretty good. He had almost 2,800 passing yards. Again, pretty good. 28 touchdowns and zero interceptions. That's really good. That's really freaking good. He does have a lot of the skills. We've seen it. We can see it through the passing. We can see it through the rushing where he had 82 rushing yards on eight attempts in 2018, his first season. He had 143 rushing yards on 15 attempts in 2020, which was the one game he just played this past year. But in 2019, he had 1,100 yards on 169 attempts in 2019, like I said, which was his big show out, his big blow up year. Uh, I know I did kind of mention his rushing numbers in 2018, so I guess I'll refer back to those for his passing, which is he only had one attempt, one completion for 12 yards. Like I said, he's at least um, least of the quarterback bunch that I know of, so I don't really know what was going on there. Was he a running back at first? Was he just in some garbage time? Who freaking knows? But I'm loving what I'm seeing from his 2019 campaign, which is his only full regular season collegiate campaign. He does have a nice uh, run, rushing uh, stat line in 2020. However, the passing stat line in 2020 could have been better. But you know what? I've seen a lot worse, and I don't mind what I see there. We just have to really wait and see with him because he is 20 years old. He really only has one full season of collegiate experience under his belt. So that's why he is a work of progress. He has a massive ceiling on his passing and on his rushing, but those tools need to be sharpened, like I said, and being behind a player like Jimmy Garoppolo, who doesn't make many mistakes, is a good thing. And you can't draft a quarterback and have him sit behind Tom Brady and learn from Tom Brady because you don't have the guy anymore. That's what you did with Jimmy Garoppolo, though. You had him sit behind Brady because he was going to be the heir to the throne. You see Jordan Love with the Packers um, sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. Jameis Winston was behind Drew Brees. So you see um, even Patrick Mahomes was behind Alex Smith for uh, for a season. I think that turned out very well. And Alex Smith is no you know big Hall of Fame kind of quarterback. So I can see Jimmy Garoppolo serving the same same uh, role that Alex Smith did to Patrick Mahomes, where Trey Lance would be your Patrick Mahomes in you know your case. Now I do want to point out one more thing about Trey Lance playing at North Dakota State, and it's not a Power Five. North Dakota State is not in a Power Five conference. Meaning your Power 5 conferences are SEC, ACC, Big 10, Pac-12, and the Big 12. In any collegiate sport, that is where you're going to find your top-of-the-line, high-profile prospect talent. That's where you're going to find all of your big studs. You can go back to any player in just about any sport, football, basketball, baseball, where all those good players come from 
Power 5 schools. Hockey is a little different because you get a lot more international players from Canada or over in Europe. And oftentimes a lot of uh, your collegiate players in hockey are from, you know, colder states. Um, Minnesota, I know, you know, BU has a great uh, hockey program and, and so forth. I'm not too keen on co- collegiate hockey, but you can find players on non-Power 5 teams or schools, I should say, in hockey. But in baseball, basketball, and in football, you're going to get your top-of-the-line prospects from Power 5 schools. Like I said, the SEC, ACC, Big 10, Big 12, and the Pac-12. And um, Missouri Valley Football Conference is not one of them, and that is where North, North Dakota State falls. Now, I have no idea who's in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. I would guess Missouri State right? I mean, just because it's in the damn name. But I'm going to read you a list of all the schools that are in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, and I'm going to bet none of you know any of these schools. You probably heard of them, but you had no idea that they were in this conference or how good or bad they are. So you have North Dakota State, North Dakota, South Dakota State, Illinois State, Missouri State, South Dakota State, Western Illinois, Southern Illinois, Northern Iowa, and Youngstown State. I don't know about you, I've heard some of them, had no idea how good or bad they were, had no idea what conference they were in. And that just shows that, you know, Trey Lance hasn't gone up the type, gone up against the type of com- uh, competition that we'd like him to see, like a Justin Field, a Mac Jones, or a Trevor Lawrence has been in those Power 5 conferences. Now, Carson Wentz, he also went to North Dakota State, going up against similar in competition. And I think he turned out pretty good. I think he's a really solid, good quarterback. He's obviously on the Colts. He got traded to the Colts just last week. Overall, I think he's a really good player. He has a lot of potential. He had a MVP caliber season before he got injured in 2017. I honestly think he probably would have won the MVP if he didn't get hurt over Tom Brady. But that's a story for another day. It's just something to worth um, thinking about. The type of player that you're getting, all these stats in 2019 that Trey Lance put up, the 28 touchdowns, the no interceptions, the 1,100 rushing yards, it all looks great on paper, and it looks beautiful. But look at who he's going against. He's not going against a Nick Saban Alabama defense. He's not going against a Clemson defense or an LSU defense or an Ohio State defense for that matter. He's not going up against a Chase Young coming off the edge. So that's no disrespect to the talent in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, whatever the hell it's called. But it's just something to think about. And, you know, that's why Trey Lance is such a wild card in this draft because he has all the tools, he has the skill and all the potential. But it's just, is it true? Because so, college football competition and NFL pro football competition are obviously completely different. And I think anyone under the sun would agree with that college the college game is so much different than the nfl game where the defensive players are so much faster and they're so much stronger that it takes some time for quarterbacks to uh, catch up to speed and that's why you see a lot of quarterbacks fail when they take the transition from college to the pros that's why evaluating quarterback talent is so important that's why this conversation for the second best quarterback after trevor lawrence is so huge right now because you have four options mac jones um, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Zach Wilson. All four of them could pan out to be excellent, tremendous quarterbacks, you know, five to 10 years from now. Absolutely. On the other side, they all could be ass and they all could suck. Although, or maybe, you know, the more realistic option is that 
Maybe two of them pan out to be good and the others are kind of busts. That's why evaluating quarterback talent is so important. That's why it's so important for the Patriots to hit the nail on the head when it comes to drafting a quarterback if that's the decision that they go in, which I think is the right decision to go in. And to see Trey Lance, you know, to see the Patriots move up to select Trey Lance is definitely something worth note, noting and definitely a conversation to have because we really don't see Bill Belichick trading up to draft someone. We've seen him trade down a million times. But what does that mean if the Patriots select Trey Lance and they don't have another option? I know there's rumors that Ryan Fitzpatrick could come to the Patriots to kind of be the placeholder for Trey Lance, like he was the placeholder for Tua Tungaviola this past year. But is that what you kind of want? Is that what the Patriots are going to become? Obviously, you don't have Brady anymore, so you're looking for the next guy. And if Trey Lance is that guy, is he ready to go in 2021? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, he could. But, I mean, you look at Justin Fields. He's more of a ready-to-go-now kind of player. Zach Wilson's a ready-to-go-now kind of player, and so is a Mac Jones. That's why Trey Lance is an interesting topic um, because he isn't ready to go. A lot of people aren't saying he's ready to go, but he has the most potential out of those four quarterbacks. So it's going to be interesting to see, especially when we get um, uh, Todd McShay's mock draft 2.0 and also when we get you know mock draft 3.0 and 4.0 and as we get closer and closer to the draft to see what other potential mock trades or what other potential mock picks teams select in terms of their perspective but that's everything that i have on mel kuyper's mock draft 2.0 and the patriots trading up to number nine to select trey lance super interesting Definitely something to think about as we kind of have a few weeks between now and the start of free agency, plus between now and quote-unquote NFL Combine, even though they're not really doing it, but you know, schools are having pro days for scouts to come in and look at players. But is Trey Lance going to be the answer for the Patriots? I want to know your thoughts. Reach out to me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Murphs underscore Boston ST. I want to hear your thoughts about the matter because I am starting to... I'm, educating myself on Trey Lance and I like what I see but if the Patriots want to be competitive and be back in the playoff mix now is this the right move is trading up the right move I think so especially if there's going to be five quarterbacks gone in the top 10 well you're going to be at 15 twiddling your thumbs hoping for the best right if you're watching on YouTube comment down below I want to hear your thoughts as well this is such a huge huge um, topic of conversation because the quarterback, like I said a million and one times, is the most important position on the football field and is the most important position in all of sports. Bill Belichick has to get this one right because if he doesn't, the Patriots are going to suck again next year and you're going to have to rely on the draft again next year or potentially trading or signing a quarterback pretty much what you're in right now except you're wasting another year. Now as we transition from football to hockey, Yes, I know. The Bruins got torched by the New York Islanders, 7-2. to two. What the bleep. Honestly, it was a 2-2 two to two game halfway through the second, and then it was a 3-2 three, three to two game halfway through the third, but then the Bruins gave up four straight goals to lose 7-2? to two? Holy crap. So in total, they gave up five straight unanswered goals, going from 2-2 two to 7-2, two to, to two. but... Three to two game. That's very close. That's still a competitive game. Yeah, that's one, one goal away from OT, right? 
So I do have a couple quick notes, which I just kind of mentioned that um, I, I do like what I see from the team. And, you know, every team is going to have a stinker of a night. Every team is going to go through a a gull or like, you know, kind of a down period. And you look at all the sports, football, basketball, baseball, and hockey. The best of the best are not prone to this. And the Bruins, not saying that they're in a in a gull right now like the freaking Celtics are, but let's not talk about them right now. I mean, this this game is you know kind of little eye popping because it was a close game that really got away late, and hopefully you know this is just kind of an anomaly for them this year because overall they have been really really good this year and I've been loving what I'm seeing from them both offensively and defensively. I really think that defensive core that the Bruins wanted to kind of switch and change to be more of a younger core, obviously with Zdeno Chara not on the team anymore kind of proves that and I really think that they're performing very very well I don't think that this is a game that the defense lost because they're too young I just think this is a game that one goal scored two goals scored and then you know the Islanders get a lot of momentum they get a lot of swagger and then they score you know they're scoring five unanswered goals right in your face nothing you can do about it you just got to have to swallow this one turn the other way and just get the next game now, if this game is the starting point to something bigger than just one game where they kind of lose three in a row, four in a row, that's a conversation for a different day. We can come back and look at this game and say like, okay, this play right here, you know, kind of started the whole unwinding of the four unanswered goals in the third. But, you know, hopefully we don't have to have that conversation because yes, one bad game could turn into two, three, four, but I think this team is too headstrong and too focused on something bigger than just losing one game seven to two they're still if one of if not the best team in the nhl or at least the eastern conference and i really think that this is just a one of like i said if this happens again or if they go on a big losing streak then we can look back at this game and try to find the nitty-gritty on where things kind of unfolded but i don't think that's the case here so even though they lost seven to two and they got their doors blown open on essentially the second half of the game the midpoint through the second period i'm not going to say that you know abandon the ship like i have with the celtics because the boston celtics are on a completely different freaking planet right now they've lost three straight they've won three out of their last 10 games going three and seven doing the math they are the ninth seed. I got to step away from the mic so I don't blow your ears out. They are the ninth seed in the Eastern Conference. They are six and a half games back of first place. Meanwhile, the Toronto Raptors, the New York Knicks, the Chicago Bulls, and the Charlotte Hornets are all in front of you. The Miami Heat are tied with you. You just have the tiebreaker. Otherwise, you'd be in 10th place you suck okay i'm sorry i had to pull the mic away otherwise you were going to hate me forever and i was going to blow your eardrums out but hopefully that wasn't too too bad they lost to the hawks on wednesday and i just i just had the score it was like one let me let me just pull it up real quick it was 127 to 112 on wednesday yes uh i i don't know i don't know where you want me to start with this one i really don't i mean Tatum had 13, Thompson had a double-double going 13 with um, points and rebounds, Brown 17, Jeff Teague with 14 and 29 minutes against his former team, whoop-de-doo, Aaron Neesmith got 13 points in 14 minutes, I mean, I'll take that, 
Carson Edwards finally getting an appearance, going uh, getting 11 points in 12 minutes. So what? Tremont Waters 11 points in eight minutes. So what? I mean, and then Daniel Tice no points in 11 minutes, which is also something noteworthy. Like so what? No 20 point scorer. Yes, I know Kemba Walker wasn't playing, but we're really gonna rely on Kemba Walker and blame Kemba Walker not playing for you getting torched by 15 against the Hawks. I mean. Come on. And yes, a 34-point fourth quarter looks nice. And beating the Hawks in the fourth quarter by six points looks nice. But let's just say you went even there. You lost to them by freaking 21 if you split the fourth quarter evenly. (sighs) I mean, what? You were down at halftime 72-49 to to the Atlanta Hawks. (laughs) Hawks. <laughs> this is so freaking funny. You freaking blow. And I heard on the radio of Danny Ainge and Wick Grosbeck, the um, owner of the Celtics and the CEO of the Celtics, about how they have a good roster, but they're disappointed. They like where they're at. Oh, they don't like where they are, excuse me, but they like what they have and things need to change. Something has to happen. And yeah, that all sounds good on a radio talk show, on a radio talk show. That all sounds good and nice and makes me feel warm inside as a Celtics fan. But you freaking still suck. And you've been saying this for a couple weeks now when you were in fourth place and then you dropped to fifth place. You knew something was up because you were 14 and 14. I think you were. Still the fourth seed at the time. But now you've dropped all the way down to this ninth seed. If it wasn't for a tiebreaker, you'd be in the tenth spot behind the Heat, Hornets, Bulls, Knicks, Raptors, and Pacers. Meanwhile, the Heat are on a four-game winning streak up to 15-17 and now. The defending Eastern Conference champions are making a push to get themselves back into the playoff hunt. Meanwhile, you're falling off the face of the freaking earth. Like I said, okay, the Pacers have 15 wins and they're the fourth seed. You have 15 wins and you're the ninth seed. So there's, what what's going on? Yes, you play two more games than the Pacers. You're only one game behind the Pacers for the fourth seed. Yes, it doesn't all look too bad on the paper. It doesn't. But you have to read between the lines. You're losing against teams that you should not lose against, such as the Atlanta Hawks. The Dallas Mavericks game, you could kind of argue, maybe not. You looked good. Ooh, excuse me. You looked really good. You got down late. You came back. Overtime, Luka hit some insane shots to beat you. Devastating loss. You can't really hold that against them. The Pelicans, you lose a 24-point lead. I'm throwing that in your face. You win against the Hawks on Friday a week ago. You lose to the Hawks a week and a half ago. You lose to the Wizards, you lose to the Pistons, you lose to, which is kind of expected, losing to the Jazz, you lose to the Suns, you lose to the Kings, I mean the Lakers, you lost by one at home on January 30th, what can you do about that, you lose losing to the Spurs, so I mean, there are some good games to point at saying like, okay, we won those games, That games we should have, the, the Cavs, the game against the Bulls, uh, the game against the Warriors, which was a good game, the game against the Clippers in LA. Raptors, Nuggets was even a nice game that you won. But it's the games you're losing is what's pissing me and every other Celtics fan off. And there's and 
upper management, the um, Wick Grossbeck, Danny Ainge, saying that we have some nice pieces, but we need to make some changes. We'll go ahead and make those freaking changes then because this team is desperate. And if nothing happens between now and the trade deadline, which I believe is NBA trade deadline. Let me just look it up real quick. I believe it's March 25th. Yeah, March 25th, 2021. So you have, let's see, today's the 26th and a shortened month. You have one month. You have four weeks to make this trade or make a trade or trades. Because if you keep going the way you're going, you're going to suck and you're going to continue to suck because you are now officially, listen to this, you are officially closer to the 15th seed, a.k.a. last place in the NBA Eastern Conference than you are to first place in the Eastern Conference. You are six and a half games back from the 76ers for first place in the Eastern Conference. The Detroit Pistons, who are the worst team in the East, are 12 and a half games back. Yes, it's only a half a game difference, but come the F on. You are six games ahead of the Detroit Pistons for the worst spot, the worst seed, whatever, the for sucking the most. Meanwhile, you're six and a half games back from the number one seed. Oh, have the mighty have fallen. Oh, have the mighty have fallen. And listen, from here on out, I'm not going to talk about the Celtics. I'm not going to. Under two conditions. Under two conditions will I talk about the Celtics on this podcast. They become two games above 500 or some major news. So a trade happens, a big injury, a uh, you know they re-sign somebody. They let somebody go. They sign somebody. So a major move for the team. Those are the only two reasons why I will talk about this Celtics team moving forward. And I hopefully, hopefully we'll be talking about the Celtics again really quickly. This is aggravating, annoying, pissing me off. And it's so frustrating as not a Celtics fan, but as a basketball fan as well, because this team has blatant problems and the ownership and the upper management have admitted it. And I'm sure they're going to tell you, oh, we're looking into it. We're trying to find trade partners. No one wants to trade. Da, 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 da. Well, no one wants to trade because you have ass on your team. Anyways, like I said, unless the Celtics become two games above 500, so that means they'd have to go on a four-game winning streak as it is right now, or major roster news. Someone gets traded. They trade for somebody. They sign somebody. They release somebody or someone gets a major injury. Those are the only other two reasons why I'm going to talk about the Celtics moving forward. Marcus Smart should be coming back relatively soon, but we cannot bank all of our chickens in one basket for when Marcus Smart comes back. He is not going to save us. He is not our Lord and Savior. He is unofficially the captain of the Boston Celtics, in my opinion, and he needs to help this team, and I think he will help this team, but this team's issue is bigger than Marcus Smart. It really is. And I think anybody who has a clue about basketball can see it. It doesn't take someone with an IQ over 25 to recognize this. So with all that being said, you will not have to hear me ranting and raving about, actually not even raving, just ranting about the Celtics and how ass they are, how bad they are, and how much they suck. Hopefully the next time you hear me talk about the Celtics is them being uh, 
two games over 500, aka on a four-game winning streak relatively quickly, or they make a blockbuster trade that will significantly help their roster this season, potentially seasons to come, so they don't suck this year because they are in a good spot to win right now. They have a lot of the pieces. Teams are going to be allowing fans to come back into the stadium, so you're going to have to start worrying about home field, uh, home court advantage and traveling on the road and getting heckled by you know the Bucks fans, the Nets fans, 76 fans, whoever. But meanwhile, a lot of the stadiums are still empty or relatively empty, so you still have an advantage there, or I should say at least not a big disadvantage in terms of having to play on the road. However, fans are going to start to be coming back more and more as, you know, states start to roll through another phase in their COVID protocol, whatever the hell you want to call it. But, I mean, you might not hear me talk about the Celtics for the rest of the season. So, who knows? We will have to wait and find out. But that is anything and everything that I had to talk about for this episode. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Um please do me a favor, download this episode, download all the episodes. That is a massive and probably the best way to show support for me and my podcast, Murph's Boston Sports Talk. And I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're, if you're listening, excuse me, on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, Stitcher, Radio Public, like I said, download, but reach out, also reach out to me on Twitter and on Instagram at Murph's underscore Boston ST, where the ST stands for Sports Talk. But if you're watching on YouTube because you like to, you're more of a visual and you don't like the whole audio thing, that's okay. That's why I'm on YouTube as well. But if you're there and if you haven't already but enjoying this video, definitely consider throwing a like rating on it. That would be greatly appreciated to show support for the channel. If you're new to the channel and you haven't already, definitely consider subscribing. That'd be awesome if you could join me and my channel through this amazing venture that we call Boston Sports. But until Monday, definitely please enjoy your weekend. It's going to suck in terms of weather. We did have a couple nice days, at least here in Rhode Island. So hopefully everyone else was able to enjoy the beautiful, nice weather that we had. And here in New England, we are calling it summer, even though it's like upper 40s, low 50s. When it's in February, it's summertime. You can feel, you can feel the warm weather coming. And the warm weather is looming. Spring is on the horizon. Baseball season is here as the Red Sox start spring training games on Sunday. So hopefully come Monday, we will have a little bit of Boston chatter to talk about. But like I said, enjoy your weekend. Be safe out there. And until Monday, I will see you later. to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.